Hey gang, Tom Mullen here. Do you have a child who spends more time than you'd like in front of screens consuming low quality content? Well, you can turn that screen time into something fun and worthwhile. I'm talking about mini coders, an educational game based platform including companion apps made for kids with video tutorials, virtual assistant, and games where kids learn coding skills while they play in the Roblox metaverse, all under the safety and guidance of a virtual assistant and in-game tutors. MiniCoders is perfect for homeschooled, unschooled, or traditionally schooled children alike and helps them build 21st century skills and have a ball doing so. Right now, you can try out MiniCoders with no obligation by registering for a free trial at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders. That's M-I-N-I-C-O-D-E-R-S. Again, just visit TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash MiniCoders and start your free trial today. Every revolution starts in the minds of the people. Arm yourself for the war of ideas. Take back your life. Take back your liberty. Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Today, my guest is Young Americans for Liberty student activist Chloe Knopf. Chloe obtained her bachelor's degree in 2019 BC, that's before COVID, and entered the workforce just in time for the devastation state and federal governments visited upon civilization. Now she's been accepted into a master's degree in speech-language pathology at Southern Connecticut State University, but is barred from attending classes because she has declined to get one of the wonderfully successful COVID-19 vaccines. Well, Chloe isn't ready to give up or give in. She and YAL are fighting this insanity, and she's here to tell her story. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, sir. Thanks for having me. A friend of mine just saw the comedian Bill Burr here in Buffalo, New York. I live in Niagara County, about a half an hour away from Buffalo. And I wasn't aware he was coming to town. But since he told me after he had watched the performance that he had gone, I went to the website for the Key Bank Center, the place where the Buffalo Sabres play and all the concerts and events are held, and noticed that they had changed their policies to no longer require vaccinations or proof of vaccination in order to attend an event there. And I was thinking for a moment, boy, maybe this is all coming to an end, this this craziness. But not so for you. You're trying to attend graduate school and nothing has changed as far as their concerns. That's that's mostly correct. Yeah. Basically, what happened is I can give you a brief timeline. I was accepted into the master's program in speech language pathology at Southern Connecticut State University on March 15th of this year. And then on April 4th, 2022, So the Connecticut State University lifted the COVID vaccine requirements as per their website for all students. There was a there was a message at the top of that page saying that basically basically we're going to lift the vaccine mandate for everybody. And then I unbeknownst to me, there was a note further down the page that excluded students in the two 
the two health science majors, the which are which in, in this case are nursing and speech language pathology. And I didn't find that out until I received the welcome to the program email, like a mass email for all the students in the program on April 18th, 2022, clarifying that the mandate was not universal for all students and only applied to people not in the health fields. And the funny thing is on April 29th, 2022, I talked to the Associate Dean of Graduate Enrollment Management, very strange title, but more or less the Director of, the, of Graduate Admissions. And she said it was the first that she was hearing of this. Director hmm. of Graduate Admissions did not know this was happening. And basically, so basically that's what's been happening. That's what's been happening as of late. On the one step of progress that I've seen is that on July 27th, 2022, they had a non-medical exemption made available. Beforehand, they only had a medical exemption option if you wanted to enter the program without the getting the jab. So that was uh, so that's basically the entire series of events that's happened. I've checked as of today and uh, Southern Connecticut State University hasn't changed their policy. And it's very strange, especially in the light of the recent COVID reversal on discriminating against vaccinated and unvaccinated people. I don't know if you've heard of, if you heard about that, but they the CDC sort of quietly changed the guidelines on their website saying that there's functionally no difference and that there shouldn't be a discriminate more or less they implied that there shouldn't be a discrimination in terms of employment or enrollment in anything in any way because of your capacity to still get and transmit COVID even if you're vaccinated. And, and of course, we can't really call it a vaccine because what it really is, is mRNA technology that's completely separate from how vaccines actually work. And it's just, it, the whole thing is just, is it, we're, we're living in very strange times. This is very frightening, especially considering how much our government is insisting on the mandate, despite no long-term tests, having no, it's basically despite no one having the opportunity to know what the long-term side effects are before they even, before they, before they make a decision that could potentially affect their health, which I think is a fundamental right. I think you should know what you're getting into and have the chance to know what you're getting into and have the right to say no. I, that, that's just, that's a fundamental American right. And it's being completely, completely undermined. For the sake of, I'm not sure. It seemed, I think that there might be some sinister motivations, quite possibly. And I really, really wish there was the opportunity just to decline, the freedom to decline, to say no. And hopefully we're going to make some steps in the right direction. Hopefully mandates are going to continue to get lifted, and especially in the health fields, because that's something that people are still sticking to. But people should not have to worry about making a medical decision that can potentially alter their, you know, alter their DNA, which is how mRNA technology works and affect their health in the future or lose their job. And yeah, that's my main spiel about it. So, yeah. So there's a million things I could ask you based on what you just said. I know we've got limited time real fast. I was just curious about your personal story. So it's 2022. Did you manage to get through your BA or BS without getting the vaccination? Or maybe you've taken a few years off and you graduated before 2020. What's the timeline there? Oh, I was extremely lucky. So I'm 24 and I started college in the fall of 2016, if you can believe it, what a, <laughs> what a time that was. But I 
was lucky enough to graduate early. And so I was able to graduate in December of 2019, right before this happened. I was very fortunate. I didn't have to deal with any of it. So that that, that spared me. <laughs> and the vaccination requirements didn't really kick in until 2021, where I was a few years out of college. I already had a job and everything. And that was, and my, my, my employer, I, I'll keep that under wraps, but my employer ended up not implementing the initial vaccine mandate that Joe Biden proposed, which a lot of corporations did, but the corporation I work for is a global company and they decided not to. So that's really the only reason I have a job. And yeah, so that's my, that was, that was the situation kind of leading up to where I am now. Okay. So that makes sense. And anybody who started college, even a few months after you did, or the following semester has run into this and everybody entering college now has run into it. It's funny that you bring up the CDC guidance because, and I'm putting the air quotes up now, the science (laughs) as if something really like the science actually exists, but they're saying that there's really no difference. And it just reminds me, I'm old enough. I hate to say to remember when smoking bans were first imposed on bars and restaurants and they promised that there was going to be these positive health outcomes from this. And then after there was enough data to show that it made absolutely no difference whatsoever, the mandates never go away. And that's what I'm afraid with this is it's never going to go away. Now, Biden mandated this, tried to mandate it for everybody to work. The Supreme Court didn't really strike down, but indicated they would strike down most of what he mandated. But as you said, if you're going into a healthcare field, then as far as I know, it's still mandated by the executive. I don't know how he gets away with that, but what's the connection with school? Why just because you're studying in a health field, are they mandating it for students? Well, the justification they give is, is because, because of clinical practica which actually doesn't make a lot of sense in my instance, because I did actually clarify that I'm not going to be working in a hospital per se. I'm going to be working in a clinic specifically for communication disorders, which is very different than a medical facility where you're giving patients any kind of invasive treatment. And so even even if you wanted to make the argument that I would be putting people at risk because I would be in close contact with them, it doesn't even make any sense because I wouldn't be. I would be teaching them. I would be working with them to improve speech patterns. It's, it's, I mean, I would be a speech therapist. I would help little kids with their lisps, basically. I'm not somebody who's a phlebotomist. I'm not somebody who's an RN who's going to be checking you out and examining you. So even in that logic, which is still flawed, It doesn't make any sense. Let's take a short break for this important message. Friends, if you're enjoying the content here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can support my efforts here a couple of ways at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 per month and get machine transcripts to every episode and access to my members-only MeWe group, while all Access patrons also get my paid subscriber-only articles and videos, or you can become a VIP patron to get all of that, plus access to all of my online courses and a signed copy of the Tom Mullen book of your choice. 
Now, if you prefer Substack, I also post my paid subscriber-only content there. Find links to all the ways you can support the show at TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. That's TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support. Become a supporter of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom today. And now let's get back to our episode. talking to an associate professor there and she mentioned that it wasn't just the it's because the thing is that the clinical the clinic is part of the school and so it's both the school and the clinic's decision so it's all part of the same system and it's just very odd because it's like I said it's not I'm more I'm more in a soft medical science and I'm more just giving people guidance and sort of teaching them how to talk. I'm not in any, like I said, I'm not in any way a doctor or an examiner or anything like, like a medical examiner or anything like that. So it's very, it's a strange situation, definitely. And as you say, with this new CDC guidance, it shouldn't really matter. They're saying that you're no more risk to the patients. It's almost like there's this superstition surrounding the healthcare industry. Like, oh my God, you're going to go near a hospital uh, yeah, but we've now established that she's no more risk than a person who's gotten four shots. So there is no logic there. And of course, if you go to a doctor's office now, they're still with the masks and there's just a mountain of data against that making any difference. Yeah. I just dropped my mama for a doctor's appointment right now. And I, and we just, you just keep forgetting that you still have to, you still have to mask up, even though that functionally makes no difference. It's, in, yeah, it's, in, it's insane. It, the, the, the mask from, I remember, I remember with the whole, with the whole mask debate, they thought, oh my God, it's going to, yeah, it's going to, that's the key to protection. The CDC didn't even recommend masks at first. That was something that they flip-flopped on. Like, I mean, it's just, it's nuts. The, the, the lack of consistency on the part of the CDC, they really need to be held accountable for that because they have misinformed so many people on so many things and they've been so irresponsible with this. It's, it's yeah, it's frightening because they are, they are such an integral part of public health in this country and they can't even keep their facts straight. So yeah, <laughs> that's my little spiel on that. So what, if anything, are you able to do to fight this? And what is Young Americans for Liberty doing as an organization? Young Americans for Liberty is fabulous. They've been combating so many, they've been combating various stupid mandates across the country on college campuses. They're a group of young libertarians. So this it's a libertarian organization. And they're, they, they basically go around to, they, they are, they have chapters at college campuses and their main function is to overturn public policy that doesn't make sense. So they also have, they also combat like open carry bans, pepper, pepper spray bans, that those types of things as well. And especially in the light of recent events, they've been doing anti-vaccine mandate petitions and I have a petition that I'm circulating and I can email it to you after we're done where it where just just to get support for overturning the vaccine mandate for the public health majors at Southern Connecticut State University. I've gotten a lot of support 
and I've gotten very, actually very, very few detractors and it's been going really well. And I really want to make sure I get as many signatures as possible. The thing that's going to be the most challenging is getting a lot of student signatures because as you're probably very well aware, Connecticut is bluer than the sky and it's very, very hard to find conservatives. <laughs> Libertarians, it's a little bit easier, but actual, I mean, I'm a complete full-on conservative and it's very hard to find people like that. But at the, but as long as people, what, what we're doing, I really don't mind. And I think that it can really, I think it can cross, I think that this particular issue can reach a lot of people especially as people become more and more informed about what, what actually what's actually going on what's in the vaccine how you know how the government's been lying to us it's going to come out eventually and it's just a it's a great tool to inform people as well so i hope people get a lot of information from this as well well i can remember all the way back when there were groups of people who objected to vaccine mandates before covid that to require their kids to go to school that they shouldn't have to get the standard vaccines most kids get. And a lot of those were liberals. Is there any constituency in Connecticut there that could support you? Not, not from what I understand. And especially because COVID is a completely different animal. What I've noticed mostly is because it's, it's, I think it has a lot to do with the media that both sides consume. So the different, it's the difference between how informed and how honest the media on the left is versus the media on the right. Obviously both are obviously both are flawed and both can be flawed. It's just that especially because we have CNN and MSNBC, it's a lot it's a lot more corrupt. I would I would say it was it's a lot more corrupt on the left because CNN and MSNBC, which are the are two of the major media giants, they're more or less propaganda arms for the Democratic Party. There's no honesty, there's no integrity in their journalism. All they're doing is recycling talking points from the government. That's really it. That's really what they're here to do. And you have people, basically you have a huge captive audience of people who identify as Democrats and you have a social climate where, especially on the coat, on, on for coastal communities and really, really blue areas, you have you know people's entire life is surrounded by people who are like-minded. Their families are liberal, their friends are liberal, and they don't wanna question anything that the media tells them because they don't wanna be a bad person because, the, of the, because of the way that the media has divided people so much by suggesting that, oh, if you, know, you, if you, believe, in, you know, if you believe in this, how dare you? How dare you even question the vaccines? The vaccines are gonna make us safe. If you're anti-vaccine, you must be anti-safety or anti-humanity or something. It's very, very dramatic and very polarizing and very divisive. And I think that people buy into it because they're being forced by this all day long. They have full-time jobs. They have families. They don't have time to think about it. They don't have time to do their own research a lot of the time. And so a lot of people are being led and are being sort of in a naive state of mind because they're surrounded by all this stuff. And what ends up happening is they're not, they don't get the information because it's being blocked out a lot of the time because the, I think leftist media definitely dominates the mainstream and it dominates a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you see online. And of course the government now under Joe Biden, the Biden administration is extremely pro-censorship, does a lot of work just to get, get rid of conservative alternative media. And I think that that's a huge part of the problem. I don't, I honestly don't think it's 
regular people who are like hateful or ignorant. I think it's just people who are being misled. And I think a lot of people are naive about it. And I think that if we sit down and have a conversation with people and listen to what they have to say and provide them with facts and provide them with information that we've researched and we've uncovered, I think it could really help people understand what's going on. Yeah, well, I've been in this game for quite a while, and I actually just canceled my cable. I don't have cable in June of 2020. So I want to remind people, you're free to go. You don't have to have the telescreen on. You don't have to do your calisthenics in the morning with Comrade, whatever her name is. Yeah, I Um, remember. And there are other ways to get information. So if you pursue this petition, that's for an internal procedure within the university, try to get them to change their policy. If that is unsuccessful, is there a route in the courts? And have you looked into that yet? I haven't looked into that yet because I am more or less waiting to see how this goes. And that's fantastic advice because you're absolutely right. There is a chance that this could just bounce off the people <laughs> at the university and that might they might not change. I do have a lot of faith in Young Americans for Liberty. There's actually a the like a Northeast regional chair in the organization. He's only 20 and he single-handedly overturned the vaccine mandate at Sacred Heart University almost single-handedly just through petitioning and just through just through phone banking and getting and just you know constantly messaging uh, you know the the people in charge at the university and a lot of the higher-ups and just just keeping at them and keeping at them and getting support for overturning the mandate to the point where they just caved and they've had a lot of success with similar campaigns in the past. And I have a lot of faith in them that they were, they're, they're really going to help me. It's just that there, you're absolutely right. And it, you're absolutely right that it, that there is a margin, you know, there's a margin where it could, where something, something could happen. It might not go anywhere. Obviously those, these are things we still have to keep in mind, even though they have been so successful, of course. And having a legal route would be really helpful. And it might not get, the thing that I worry about is that Connecticut is so, so thoroughly Democrat that it, it would be tough to find a good judge. Yeah, but I would, I would try. I would give it the old college try. There are a lot of good, honest lawyers in Connecticut who would be willing to take it on. And I would be, I would definitely put my all into it. I really believe that people have the right to choose their own medical decisions and I think that I think that it's just so important it's so fundamental and just I wouldn't I'm really not going to stop until something happens with this it's because it's just wrong so yeah well I couldn't agree with you more Chloe and definitely get me that petition we'll get it up on the show notes page and see if we can get some more signatures and thank you for the good news that somebody actually succeeded in overturning one of these crazy mandates and keep me posted on the progress. And maybe you can come back and give us a success story, a little more good news sometime soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will. And yeah, so my, I want to give my thanks to Young Americans for Liberty. Anthony Pecoraro, who was the guy who overturned the one at Sacred Heart, he's been helping me a whole bunch, figuring everything out. So, so many, I have so many people helping me and supporting me and yeah. And, and I want to thank my mom too, who, for, because my mom, my mom's been a, a really good, solid conservative my entire life. And, and she was honestly the one who opened my eyes to this. So if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be sitting here today. <laughs> well, good for her. Thanks, mom. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and thank you, Chloe, for taking a little time today. I know you got to run. Like I said, keep me posted and hopefully we can get you back on. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, Tom. All right, friends, that's going to do it for today. Just a few reminders to stop by TomMullenTalksFreedom.com slash support and check out all the ways that you can support my efforts here, including joining my Patreon or my Substack. And if you haven't already, make sure that you go to itsthefedstupid.com to download a copy of my free ebook, It's the Fed Stupid. And as always, if you like the music you've heard here on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, you can hear more at tommullensings.com. Thanks for listening. The war of ideas has only just begun. Arm yourself with the knowledge you need by heading to TomMullenTalksFreedom.com and subscribing to our email list. And remember, every revolution starts in the minds of the people.